Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Roshvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Our guest today is Anushka Vaswani. Anushka is a partner at Lightspeed Venture Partners in the Bay Area, where she focuses on growth stage companies within the enterprise software and infrastructure ecosystems. She has years of investing experience, having previously worked on the investment teams of SoftBank Investment Advisors and Matrix Partners. She also has startup experience as a product manager at Masterclass. Anushka started her career in banking at Goldman Sachs before moving to consulting at McKinsey. She double majored in economics and psychology at Columbia and went to Harvard for her MBA. Thank you, Anushka, for being here today with us. It is really our pleasure to have you as our first female partner on the podcast, especially on our 10th episode. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So um, jumping right into it, you started your career in banking and consulting. When and how did the transition to investing happen? Yeah, I um, wasn't consulting at the time. And I was out on the West Coast and spent a lot of my time working on projects with kind of various tech companies. Um, And one uh, really exciting one I worked on was uh, McKinsey's first study with Facebook when they were launching Internet.org with a mission of kind of delivering Internet access um, globally. And so the one crazy stat is that two thirds two-thirds of the world's population actually does not have um, access to the internet today. Um, And so it was a pretty exciting mission, Um, but uh, started kind of doing a lot of work with McKinsey's kind of tech practice. And then through that, the Matrix team reached out to me at the time, and they were looking for a fourth member um, to join their West Coast team. And I spent kind of a couple of months talking to the group there and was really excited about the opportunity uh, because I'd be transitioning from working with kind of much more mature, older school businesses to working with um, much newer, smaller, faster, hyper growth companies. And that transition really excited me and felt like kind of a once in a lifetime um, jump. And so I decided to take the role. Thanks for sharing that, Anushka. A quote you mentioned on some of your published pieces resonate instantly with me that you're excited about the potential for technology to define and shape new markets and your time at Matrix, then SoftBank, and now at Lightspeed kind of exemplifies that. Could you talk a little bit about your interest specifically for the enterprise software and infrastructure industries within venture investing? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing, um, one thing that is really exciting is just the pace of change that's happening within kind of the enterprise side where, you know, we've moved from a world of on-prem software and technology um, to, you know, subscription-based models in the cloud. And I think that's also just changed the, you know, the refresh cycles and how fast, um, you know, technological changes happen in the enterprise. And, and so I think that's kind of one core theme. And then I think the second core theme has been, um, there's been a whole rise of kind of product led uh, technologies in the enterprise where, you know, individual developers or product managers or groups of people will kind of swipe their credit card and start downloading and using a tool. Um, And so kind of the sheer pace of innovation you're seeing uh, in terms of kind of the tools and technologies that are reshaping kind of the way we work, um, 
is is kind of very exciting. And so I do think it's it's a great time to be an enterprise investor, uh, just given the amount of opportunity out there. Right. Um, you've lived in a number of countries growing up, and you've said that the experience gave you a strong appreciation for different people and views, and that there is no one-size-fits-all model for success. Would you say that's a good way to look at diversity at the decision table? Do you personally see an effort for better representation, whether that's based on gender or race? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think over the past few years, we've been seeing a big push to be much more sensitive to, you know, gender, racial diversity, um, you know, huge range of, I think diversity comes in many um, forms, and I think it enables better decision making. And so it leads to a better outcome. Um, And then the other thing is, I just think, you know, if you look at, if you look at the Lightspeed portfolio, and the entrepreneurs we work with, or kind of the entrepreneurs of some of the most successful companies out there today, um, you know, some people's backgrounds are pretty remarkable where, you know, people are from different places, you know, both genders are represented, represented, some people start companies right out of school, some people start companies in their 40s. Um, And I think there's a big swath of experiences. And so, you know, there is an element that people rely on in terms of heuristics about identifying if something's interesting or not at the early stage, but especially at the growth stage, when, you know, some of these businesses mature, um, I think you really see a lot of different people that build some pretty tremendous businesses that are, you know, very, very different from each other. And so if you solely rely on kind of certain heuristics or mental models for, um, you know, what defines an exciting entrepreneur or an exciting business, I think um, you're going to miss a lot of um, pretty incredible opportunities. Uh, Building a little more on that, Anushka, we've had conversations with a number of women in MBA programs and a concern that came up a lot was the fear of getting stuck at the entry-level position. And non-surprisingly, really, given female partners and VCs still hover about 10% only. As someone who has moved up the ladder and is now a partner, how was your experience with career progression in this industry? I think one thing I've had to learn and maybe, um, you know, a lot of my female friends have had to learn is how do you advocate for yourself? Um, and I think there's some sort of stat about uh, if, you know, males see a job description and meet, you know, 25% of criteria, they'll apply. And sometimes that isn't true of females or I believe there's kind of one study done. Um, but I think, you know, across both genders, like, how do you become a self-advocate? How do you gain um, kind of the courage or conviction to kind of speak up uh, when you feel like you, you know, have a view or know something well uh, is definitely a skill to be exercised. Um, and one, honestly, I feel like I'm still still learning every day. Um, but I do think that is one um, to consistently like hone and refine uh, because it is challenging to kind of make those jumps from entry level to mid level to you know more senior and also just shift your um, you know mental model for your role in the organization and what you should be doing. That's definitely advice I'm personally going to take. Um, I read the last monthly mail you published, and you do mention that you see in certain themes emerging in a COVID era around scaling, like the focus on cash burn and quick financing. In general, what are your conversations with CEOs like right now? And where do you see the investing and enterprise software industry going? Yeah, I think I think uh, COVID has been kind of an interesting time because at the beginning of COVID, 
there was um, mass panic. And I think the fundraising environment did probably freeze up for a period of, you know, 30 to 40 days where a lot of investors were trying to figure out how to operate in a remote environment. Can we invest behind a company having never met him or her or the team before? And a lot of those presented um, questions, uh, which is why I think everyone was advising, you know, one to exercise extreme caution. I think one thing that's been interesting is that it feels like, um, you know, people have really adjusted to the environment. And so right now, I feel like the fundraising environment is as active as ever, if not more crazy um, compared to pre-COVID, where um, a lot of companies are getting financed. Uh, There hasn't been kind of a big difference um, between some processes kind of pre and post-COVID. Um, and then I think, you know, a lot of companies have just needed to adjust their practices as a business. Like, you know, I'm used to having a field sales force. How do I adjust that? How do I sign up new customers? Um, if certain customers are hurting in this economic period, uh, what should I do as a business to maybe focus on retaining them versus um, having them churn? And I think, you know, how do I hire my team remotely? How does that feel? A lot of um, a couple of founders I've worked with have kind of I know hired 25% of their team all remote, which is also just a different exercise. Um, but it feels like a lot of people are adjusting. And then naturally, I think there have been some industries that have really benefited from COVID um, and some that have gotten you know hit pretty hard. And so there is a bifurcation there. Right. And um, that's really interesting. I actually had a conversation with um, another investor earlier today, and we were talking about how remote has actually also opened a lot of doors um, when it comes to um, hiring potential of certain firms. Sure. Um, thank you so much, Anushka, for being on the show today and um, giving us so much insights on the industry. No, oh, thanks for having me.